Hey, if this is your first time here, we want to remind you, there is communion set up on either side of the sanctuary. We view communion as an act of worship. So if you, any time during service that you want to take communion, uh, please feel free to go do so. All right? If you want to take your whole family, you will not disrupt, thank you, you will not disrupt the service. Um, and for you watching online this morning, good morning. We say it every week. We say it every Wednesday. We're going to say it today. It's better in the house. So if you're in the Cambridge area, man, get here. Amen? Hey, we want to jump right into this series again. Uh, we may finish this today. Everybody say, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> All people, I never thought I'd hear Perry tell me. He said, man, you've been hard on us. <laughs> But we've been in this series called Love in Action, Unity That Attracts. And it, 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 it sprung out of some words that I said in a previous, as I closed out our previous series, um, was imagine if the church would behave certain ways, how attractive she would be. And maybe we're, the church is not as, as attractive as it should be because we're not doing some things. And then as I was praying, the Lord kept springing up in my spirit one thing that not only this church needs to make sure we walk in, but every, every body of Christ needs to make sure they walk in, and that is unity. Because unity is what attracts. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, well, I would go to church, but I see this one backbiting this one and this one gossiping about that one and that one doing this over here with this against these. And I, don't know, I can get that at home. I don't need to go to church to make myself feel bad and um, hopefully our goal is that through this series it'll push us into a whole new place and we will be the, uh, one of the most attractive options that the world has go if you will to Psalms 133 it's been our text every week We're going to continue there today Psalm 133 he says now if you're here today and you're uh, you use the Bible app I don't, a lot of people use that one. If you go to the bottom, hit, uh, there's a thing called more. You can go to events, and all these notes are on there. All the scriptures are on there, so if you want to follow along that way, it is on. I did put it up this week, right? Good. <laughs> Sometimes I forget. <laughs> Psalm 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to what? To walk in unity. Behold how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell, live together in unity. He goes on to say, it's like the precious oil on the head running down the beard. Uh, on the beard of Aaron, running down the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon. Now this is what unity is like. Oil in, 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 the, in the Bible, oil is always representative of the spirit for one, but it's also representative of healing. When they would anoint with oil, they would take a, a, a sheep, you know, Psalms 23, you anoint my head, and they put oil all over their head and around their ears to keep bugs and stuff from getting on. So it's, it's, a, it's a healing thing. It's a protective thing. Unity is healing. Unity is protective. When we get outside of unity, we get outside of protection. He goes on to say, he said, it's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there, the Lord has commanded the blessing. 
God has commanded a blessing in unity. How long? Forevermore. Forever. So God commands a blessing. And so we've been talking about unity. We've been talking about uh, c- complaining a little bit. You know, all these real fun subjects over the last <laughs> three weeks. And, uh, and unity, it, when you start talking to a body like this, it can be hard. Because guess what, Kevin? Not every personality gets along. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> but just because not every personality gets along doesn't mean that we don't walk in unity. And just because we don't always agree doesn't mean we can't walk in unity. Because in unity is where God commanded the blessing. And he said it, walking in unity is like that anointing oil that flows down on the priest. And so as we've been into this and looking at different things, uh, a scripture jumped up first. This was going to be the absolute first message in this series. And Holy Spirit said no. So I put all those notes aside. Got out another one, wrote it up. Nope, that's not it either. And so I'm just now getting to this one. But it's where I think this road has been leading us. And so today we're going to look at how to cultivate unity. Because unity is not something that just happens. It's not something that just happens. It's got to be cultivated. It's got to be cared for. It's got to be taking time to sow. Linda put something on Facebook the other day about sowing her garden, her garden, about time to start garden. That garden don't happen by itself, does it? You have to pay attention to that. You have to go in. You have to dig out weeds. You have to dig out all this other stuff that's going to choke out what you got. Unity's the same way. It's not going to just happen. We have to cultivate it. In other words, we're going to have to do some things to make it happen. Now, go, if you will, to Proverbs chapter 6. There are six things. There are six things that the Lord hates. Seven are, are, are an abomination uh, to him. So God is going to show us. Now, notice this. I have to say this right up front, Allie. There are not six people God hates. <laughs> I actually was reading somebody's uh, 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 blog or whatever that they put on this, and they said, and they actually read it that way. That if you're in the, if you're a person that's doing one of these, God hates you. God doesn't hate people. Hear me now. Hear me loud. Hear me clear. God does not hate people. He don't. Well, I've known some bad people. Yeah, we all have. I've been one of those bad people. But what God does hate is attitudes and things that we do. Call it sin. Call it sin. <laughs> so there are six things the Lord hates. Back that up, please. And seven is an abomination to him. Anybody ever looked at this and wonder what the abomination was? He, it's, so, it's so bad to him, he, he says it twice in this set of scriptures. So the thing you find twice is the abomination. There are six things the Lord hates, seven is abomination to him. Haughty eyes. King James Version says uh, a proud look, which is closer to it. A haughty is pride. Uh, a proud look, haughty eyes, a lying tongue. 
Now, these, these are things God hates. Not people God hates. These are things, attitudes, things that we pick up, mindsets that God hates. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes lies. He's mentioned lying twice there in these first set of scriptures. A, a lying tongue who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among brothers. Guess what one we're going to focus on? It ain't lying. He who sows discord. It's funny that he used the word sows there because when you sow something, you are intentionally planting something. Just like we have to cultivate unity in the body of Christ, we have to cultivate us coming together. It has to be sown, but so is discord. It's still something that is intentionally done and it is something that God hates. Just let it settle in. It's something that is intentionally done and something that God hates, but it's cultivated. Trust me, discord is as cultivated, Zach, as unity is. Thing is, is we got to ask ourselves at, at Harvest here, is what are we going to be? We're going to cultivate unity or are we going to cultivate discord? And for far too long, the world outside has looked inside the church windows, Kevin, and that's what they've seen. We've sown a lot of discord. What is discord? Discord is a disagreement among persons or things. You mean we can never disagree? It's bigger than that. It's bigger than us just not agreeing. It is opposition, contention, and strife. That's what discord is. It's strife and contention. In other words, it's when me and Ernie don't see eye to eye. And I'm mad because Ernie just don't get it like I do. <laughs> you know? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over here and get Brenda and say, Brenda, let me tell you. Let me tell you how bad Ernie is. Me and him, we don't see eye to eye. We don't get it. I'm right. He's wrong. And, 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 and he does this and he does that and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, Brenda, who had no dog in the fight, she had no, nothing in it. And all of a sudden, she goes, you know what? I don't think I like him either. <laughs> Who's wrong? I am. You want to know why I'm wrong? Who changed her mind? Who should have kept his mouth shut? See, if I got a problem with Ernie over here, we're going to get to this later, there's biblical ways how we fix that. But for me to say, I've got a problem with you, so I am going to go tell Kelsey what my problem is with you. And if Kelsey don't get on board, then I want to go tell Sally or if, if Sally won't get on board, I'm going to go tell Doc Steve back there. I'm going to find somebody. Why? Because misery loves company. I'm going to find enough people to agree with me. Come on. And what am I doing? I'm sowing discord. And whether they agree with me right now or not, I guarantee every one of them will look at Ernie differently. Man, I tell you, how long has the church operated this way? Man, did you hear how so-and-so's living? 
<laughs> Did you hear how they're living? Did you hear what they're doing? Can you believe? Maybe they didn't know and you should have just kept your mouth shut. Because one thing God hates, not you, he doesn't hate you, but he hates that seed you're sowing. And if we're going to be people who are going to grow past this, then we're going to have to be people that's going to have to learn to operate in radical, radical, radical love. And I'm not talking about we love, well, if you're walking radical love, then you never address sin in people's lives. One, quit looking to address sin in people's lives and leave that up, leave that up to their leaders. Try that over here. Quit trying to find that and trust who God has put, who, who God has put there. Thank you. It's opposition, it's contention, it's strife. I hate it. I hate it. God hates it. Any disagreement, which Webster goes on to say, any disagreement which produces angry passions. Let's look at the heart of discord. Proverbs 6, verse 12. King James Version, if you read this, has a, very poor translation of this word. A worthless person. King James Version says naughty. A naughty person. It's, it, it, that word means more than that. It's a stronger word than that. A worthless person. A wicked man. Goes about with crooked speech. That word worthless, according to the Complete Word Study Dictionary, says it's often a strong moral component in the context suggests the state of being good for nothing. You see why naughty is not a good word there? He said, this, per this person goes about with crooked speech. So it could being good for nothing and therefore expresses the concept of wickedness. And that crooked speech, it, it, it's used to describe a mouth that speaks without integrity. A mouth that speaks without integrity that does not speak truth, but rather deception, immorality, a mark of an evil or worthless person. I, it may get better next week. I don't know. Verse 13. Winks with his eyes and signals with his feet. Points with his finger. With a perverted heart devises evil. Continually sowing discord. Wait a minute, you mean when I jumped over here and told Brenda about Ernie, God loves me, but at that point I am not fit for me. Anybody knows what, we talk about condemnation all the time, and people say, well, I just feel condemned, I just feel condemned. You know what condemned means, right? Condemned means not fit to be used. You condemn a building, that means that building is no longer. So beyond that, what God is saying is you are at that point, me and you, ganging up on old Ernie over there, just minding his own business. What happens is not only do I bring myself down, I'm pulling you down with me. And every time we decide to say, well, let me tell you something. I don't care what they say. This is what's happening. And it, oh, you mean 
you're going to take time out and just talk to her to make her look bad. Come on. Church, hey, we can do better than this, Deb. Debbie, we can do better than this. We have to be We have to be better than this. If we're going to change the world, it's going to take people who don't act like everybody else. It's going to take people who don't act like everybody. They can get this treatment anywhere. So when I start bringing him down and I start telling her, I'm bringing her with me. The word says there, I'm worthless. And, that, and the, the sad part about it, Becky, is that people continually do this. <clears throat> continually sowing discord. Verse 15. There, look what, look, what, look what my promise. This is a promise to me. You ready? Therefore, calamity will come upon him suddenly. That don't sound fun. But did God, is God punishing me? Does God hate me? Nope. Those of you that are parents, have you ever just let your child do something knowing what it was going to do? Knowing how it was going to feel, but they had to learn it. They had to learn. Sometimes we get ourselves in these mess, and then we want to blame the devil. We want to blame God. Well, God, why is this happening to me? Why are you doing me this way, God? I don't know why. I never did nothing to nobody just because I talked to everybody else about Ernie. Just because I convinced everybody else to hate Ernie. <laughs> because of some little problem he and I have. Why is calamity coming in my life, God? You're supposed to protect me. No, what happened is there's this umbrella and God says, here, I'm going to keep you out of the rain. You say, well, wait a minute. I want to go out here and do this first. And then I wonder why I got wet. I wonder why calamity comes on me when I continually, oh, are you good? We'll get there. Calamity will come on him suddenly. In a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. Man, a heart of discord's a terrible thing. It keeps us in a place where calamity and turmoil happens. You ever seen somebody that's just never happy? They're never happy. Nothing you do is ever going to be right. Nothing you say, and they're always going to have something to say. Man, that ought to be, that's, that, must be that must be a miserable life. Verse 27, Proverbs 16, let's keep looking at the heart of discord. A worthless man plots evil, and his speech is like a scorching fire. You ever heard somebody just, you, you, Thomas, I'm going to talk to you. You ever been around somebody that absolutely, you, you don't really want to listen to them talk because you know before it's over, they're going to trash everybody and their brother. Everything, gloom and despair and agony on me. It's always, you're like, oh, I don't want to be around that anymore. And then they're over here going, why don't nobody want to be my friend? Mirror time. <laughs> Look in the mirror. If every, oh, are y'all okay? If everybody else is running, I got to, at some point, quit blaming everybody else. <laughs> at some point, I need to look in the mirror and say, God, search me. Find out what, he says a worthless man 
plots evil and his speech is a scorching fire. A dishonest man spreads strife. Well, I would never steal from anybody, but are we spreading strife? Am I going over here and I'm going to several more other people telling them how much we don't like Ernie and we don't like Ernie's decisions and we don't like what Ernie's doing and I'm spreading strife? God looks at me as I'm dishonest. A dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. You know what a whisperer is, don't you? You didn't hear it from me. <laughs> you didn't hear well I wouldn't I wouldn't say this to just anybody Brenda but we're friends we're close I can say it to you why do we feel like we got to say it well I just got to get it off my chest do you what's going to happen if you keep it to yourself and you don't say anything about Ernie what happens do you blow up I mean I uh, well, something needs to be said. Does it? Well, you don't know how they're living their life. And you are there for what reason? You go home with them every night and their life affects yours? Gosh, y'all quiet. Yeah, but they they're shouldn't be doing that. Maybe they shouldn't. But it's not your place. And then what they want to do, Pastor, is they want to run to the pastor. Well, I want to know what you're going to do about it. Really, do you? Well, I tell you what, their sin by name, call it out, or I'll address their what you think is sin. Oh, by name. I'll call it out, but I need a list of yours too because you're going right out front with them. How about just let God deal with it? How about we let God deal with people and we worry about ourselves? We read that scripture last week. How do we do it? We worry, how do we overcome uh, uh, disunity? Worry about yourself. Listen, I have a hard enough time taking care of me. Yet alone worrying about what everybody else is doing. Well, I want to know why. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> Come on. I better stop because I'm about to get in some weeds. And A whisperer separates close friends. You didn't hear it from me, but let me tell you what Carolyn's doing. Shouldn't have looked at me. Let me tell you what Carolyn's doing. Now, I'm only telling you this because we're friends, and I should be able to trust you. But that's not how God said to deal with things, is it? We're going to look at that. So that's what the heart of one who sows, that's, that's, that's at the heart of discord. That's the heart of discord. So what are the dangers of discord? Well, one, as we saw in, in Proverbs 6, uh, skip 16, go to 19. Well, well, go back to verse 16. So there are six things that, are, that God hates, and seven is an abomination to him, Right? So we know God hates this. Here's the first danger of me walking in this kind of discord to people. It's verse 19. It tells it, the last, last few words, one who sows discord among the brethren. Why, what's the danger 
of me sowing this kind of discord is I'm in danger of God hating the mindset that I'm operating in. It's an old nature mindset anyhow. It's, it's a lost mindset anyhow. I'm in danger of God hating that par- part. Not God hating me. God will never. You can never not, you can, um, you never stop loving your children. He'll never stop loving us, okay? God doesn't hate you. But man, when I operate in so discord like this, he hates that. That's one of the, I could stop right there with the dangers of discord. That's enough, folks. That's enough. Here's the other thing about, another danger about discord. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Another thing about discord is that it hinders your spiritual growth. Believe it or not, the gossip that we pick up on the phone or out in the lobby, you know how many times I've heard about, I heard myself getting talked about in the lobby just because I stand over there and just be quiet, minding my own business. Sitting in my office, listen, people go down the hallway, and I'm like, then they walk by my office and go, you're in there. Yeah, I'm in here. Hey, how you doing? Gossip like that, discord, sowing discord, causing strife within the body, it hinders your spiritual growth. And I don't, like we looked at last week, it doesn't matter how much you pray in tongues, how much you lay hands on the sick and they recover. doesn't matter how many miracles you do. What do he say? If you have not love, you're just making a whole lot of noise. Discord's the same thing. It doesn't matter what all the supernatural stuff you come up with. If I'm causing contentions and strife, he called me worthless. Man, I love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. He said, but brothers, I could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. Now, you've got to understand, Paul is writing this letter after he had already been there preaching. The church was already established. So he writes them this letter and said, now, if you've got King James Version, it says, I couldn't address you as spiritual, but as carnal, as mere babes. He said, man, I would love to talk to you you like spiritual people, but I can't. You're acting like a bunch of babies. That's what he says. He said, I'd love to talk to you as spiritual, but I can't. I have to talk to you as flesh-ruled people, as infants in Christ. He said, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. So that means they should be now, Right? But he says, and even now you're not, ready. you're not yet ready. He said, look, you guys should be ready for the meat. But you're not. You're acting like a bunch of babies, so I can't feed you the spiritual things of God. I, isn't it funny what we, we think is spiritual? If I'd start levitating today and floating, oh, he's so spiritual. That doesn't mean anything. Spiritual people understand what God's word says. Now look what else he says. He says, and even now you're not ready. Verse 3, for you are still of the flesh. In other words, you're still being ruled by your flesh. For while there is jealousy, for while there is jealousy, for while there is jealousy, you get the point, right? Jealousy shouldn't even exist among us. You be you. You're the only you we got. So be that. 
Well, there is jealousy and strife among you. What made them infantile believers? You act like a bunch of babies because you're jealous or you're continuing to uh, spread strife. You're just being hateful. <laughs> and he says, you're not, you're not grown up spiritually. I, treat you, I have to treat you like an infant. He says, well, there's jealousy and strife. Are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Discord, contention, strife, jealousy, it all goes in the same boat. It hinders your spiritual growth. Zach, I don't know how many people that I have seen that was so on their way to greatness in God and then jealousy got a hold of them. Strife got a hold of them. Contention got a hold of them. Then their behavior started acting different, Emily. And then all of a sudden, where they were excelling, they stopped. I was a substance abuse counselor, most of you know this, for about 15 years. One of the biggest things that I would talk to my patients about was you have to give your family some grace. Most, I'm not going to say all, most folks who are struggling with addiction mentally stop at the age they got addicted. Okay? So if it was 15, 16, they are usually pretty childish. All right? Here's the thing. As they get better, they catch up. But the family's still back here thinking like they used to think. I have to take care of them like I used to take care of them. I have to do what I used to do because they can't. And I'd say, give, give your family patience because they got to catch up to you too. You're getting better. You're getting well. They're still trying to overcome this. But what if we never let people get better? And then we just want to talk about who they were. Come on. And then all of a sudden we get jealous because they're doing something that I'm not doing. And I'd really like to be doing that. Now all of a sudden, who's the child? The word says there that you are acting as an infant in the word. Everybody okay? Everybody breathing? <laughs> so the dangers of discord is God hates it. And the second thing is it will hinder your spiritual growth. So how do we defend? How do we defend against discord in the body? This is for us in this room today. For you watching online today, whether it's today or next week or whenever you're watching. How do we defend against discord? Go to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Isn't this stuff fun? <laughs> A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. That's, that's from Jesus. That you love one another. Love doesn't try to sow discord. Love doesn't try to get jealous. Sow strife. Make everybody turn against Ernie. That's not what love does. A new commandment I give to you. Love one another just as I have loved you. So how did he love us? That he gave his only begotten son. How did he love us? Well, Corinthians says that it was God in Christ Jesus 
reconciling the world back to himself and not holding man's sins against him. That's a big way of love. Can you imagine if the church would operate like this? Where love was our driving force and factor. Where I looked at Larry and knew he didn't have all his stuff together. And I knew he still struggled with sin. And he came in struggling with sin. But rather than I'm going to beat you down or I'm going to have everybody else point out your, your issues, I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you like God does. I'm not going to hold your sins against you. I'm not going to hold your failings against you. I'm not going to hold your shortcomings against you. I am going to love you until you are out of it. That's what makes it attractive. That's what made, why do you think Jesus had so many people who followed him around? The word called him a friend of... They asked him, why are you eating with tax collectors, publicans, prostitutes? Why are you eating with these people? Why were they attracted to him, but they're not attracted to us? Can I say that again? Why were they attracted to Jesus, but not to the ones who follow him? Man, I think we're doing something wrong. By this... Now, let's read that again. A new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. Just as I have loved you, you, are all, you also are to love one another. By this, by what? By how you love, people will know that you're my disciples. Wait a minute. Not by miracles. Not by signs. Not by wonders. Not by praying in tongues. Not by if I fall on the floor and roll around. All that's fun. All that's good. It's all scriptural. But you know how the word, what the word says there, Kevin? How they know I'm a disciple of God is that I love people like he loved people. That I'm not sowing that discord. That I'm keeping strife and jealousy and all that stuff under. That even though I know Larry don't have all of his junk together, I refuse to go talk to somebody else about Larry not having his other junk together. And I try to figure out my own junk. By this, people will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. Well, if you love them, you're going to tell them that they're wrong. Yeah. When the time's right. But I tell you, you're not going to tell them they're wrong with a ball bat behind you. And you're not going to beat them into submission. Well, no, listen to this. We're not going to tell them that, that uh, it's, not love. it's not love when you beat somebody to death with the cross. We have not presented the cross. We've beat people with it. We've not told them about the greatest love story in the world. About the greatest sacrificial, sacrificial love that could ever be. What we've done is we've made it a nice whipping post where hopefully we can beat it out of you. Okay. Moving on. It gets deep in here sometimes, sorry. Titus chapter 3, verse 2. By this they'll know that you are my disciples that you love. Titus chapter 3, verse 2. To speak evil of no one. To avoid quarreling. 
to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy to all people. Everybody wants the meat, Mike. Here it is. You know why it's meat? Y'all should know this by now. Why is it meat, Brenda? Because it's hard to chew. It's hard to swallow. Because this means I give up my right to sit in judgment of anyone. And I literally, we'll get to this one in a minute. To speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy to all people. This is how we defend. These are the attitudes that we pick up. And when we walk in these kind of attitudes, then we won't walk in discord. And God has no reason to hate what I'm producing. Brother, speak evil of no one. Well, I'm not talking evil of them. Well, the word says it's worthless if I'm over here telling you everything Ernie's done. I ain't going to leave you alone. You know, that's not speaking good, is it? What's the opposite of good? Evil. To speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18, I'm telling you folks, if this body that's in here right now, whether you're a part of us or you're visiting and thinking, man, these people are wild, if we will take what the Word says in this, it will automatically make us an attractive option to the world. It'll make us an attractive option. Verse 18, I mean, chapter 18, verse 15. Here's how we avoid discord. If your brother sins against you, and they probably will, Everybody's going to do you wrong at some point. I'm not going to be perfect in your life. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Not go talk to Larry before you deal with the issue before I go to Ernie. I don't go to Larry at all. You know why? You don't have a dog in this fight. I go deal with me and him. We settle this right here. Jesus said that. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between him, you, and him alone. Man, imagine what would happen if we did that. Where Ryan never knew that there was a problem in the world. He just... Tiptoes through life, clueless that there was ever a problem between me and Ernie. Man alive, what a life that would be. And if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Finish it. And if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Well, what if he don't listen? You can read the rest of those verses to find out if he don't listen. But the first goal, everybody say first goal, is you and that person alone. You and that person alone. Proverbs chapter 17, we're, we're coming in. Proverbs 17 verse 9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love. 
And he who repeats the matter separates close friends. He who covers over an offense. In other words, he who makes it right. He who makes it right. That's the person seeking after love. But he who repeats a matter. Sheila, did I tell you what Ernie did to me? What's to say? I'm still starting to separate. I've become the wedge. I've become the attitude that God hates. Not the person God hates. God don't hate people. Get this in your head. Look, I want to read this out of the Passion Translation. Love overlooks the mistakes of others. But you don't know how bad they hurt me. But perfect love casts out all sin, covers all sin. He who loves, love overlooks the mistakes of others. But it hurt me, Zach. Love overlooks, it's a choice. It's a choice to overlook it. But dwelling on the failures of others devastates friendships. Doggone. But dwelling on the mistakes of others or the failures of others devastates friendships. So what do we need to do? We need to let love rule in us. Realize Emily's just human. She's going to make mistakes. She's going to make me mad from time to time. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to choose to overlook it. And if I'm having trouble overlooking it, I'm going to go with her and say, hey, let's sit down. Let's talk. And if she still won't listen to me, then there's other things to do. But first and foremost, it's between me and her, not between me, her, and Brenda. Come on. Too many times we've made it between me and her, but me and Brenda first. You know, because we're buddies. We're friends. Love overlooks the mistakes of others, but dwelling on failures of others devastates friendship. Jump back over the New Testament. We're coming in. Ephesians chapter 4. I believe is where we're going on. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. With all humility, gentleness, with patience, Bearing with one another in love. Eager. Everybody say eager. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let no corrupt talk. Now, I know what we've been taught all of our life because it words, if you're reading King James, where it says no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. And we've been, taught, we've been told that that means don't cuss. That ain't what it means. It means words that you and I say corrupt the lives of others. That's why it says in ESV here, it says, let no corrupting talk. Why? Because your words corrupt. They'll corrupt you, they'll corrupt somebody else. You don't believe me how many people's in therapy all over this world because of the words their parents have spoken into them from the time they were little. Words are power. Words are power. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only 
such as is good for building up. In other words, if I'm going to talk to you, I need my words to be words that's going to build you up, not tear you down. And if I'm going to talk about you, I only want to build you up in somebody's eyes and never tear you down. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. That's verse 29. That it may give, so every word I come out needs to be grace to those who hear. Because you never know who's listening. You never know when somebody's just standing back behind you while you are just. I'll tell you. And then there's somebody behind you that you're just pulling grace out of their life because they're thinking, what have I got myself into? Final warning. Here's a warning that the word gives us on this, and we're closing here. Romans chapter 16, verse 17, says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions. This was so big in the Roman church that Paul said, hey, those who are causing these kind of divisions, be on guard. Watch out for them. Why? Because it'll destroy everything. Discord like this will destroy everything. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Look what he says there. Avoid them. Why ain't nobody around me? Why won't nobody deal with me? Why won't nobody talk with me? Might be mirror time. Might be time to look and say, what's been the words coming out of my mouth? What has torn up people that somebody just overheard when I didn't think anybody else was listening? He says, mark them, avoid them. For such persons don't serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. Now he's talking about a believer here. Didn't say they weren't going to heaven. Says they're not serving God. In other words, what God has told them to do, they're doing the opposite and they're doing their own thing. They're serving what feels good to their own flesh. For such a person do not serve the Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by such talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Today, this, this, I know this has been a little bit tough, but if we can grab it now, Change our whole outlook to operate like this. Imagine how attractive church would be. We would stop being the final stop and we'd be the first option where healing can happen, where people's lives can be put back together, where homes and marriages stand a chance, where addiction doesn't stand a chance. Where former hurts from the past are, 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 are balmed up with the oil that flows from heaven. Imagine if this was us. Amen? 
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify and magnify you in the beauty of your holiness. We praise you, Lord, for what you've done in us and through us. Father, let discord be put on notice that we're not giving in to that anymore. We're not operating in that anymore. And Father, if we haven't never been, we're going to continue that we will be the absolute best option for people's lives to change. In Jesus' name. Listen, if you need prayer today, if you've got something you need prayer about, I've got, some group, I've got a group of people that's headed up front right now. They want to pray with you. They want to touch heaven with you. They want to agree with you. And if you don't know this God that we've been talking about, man, today's the day.